We hit five figures, so over 10K, I think about three months ago, which was really exciting. At Founder, we're on a mission to democratize entrepreneurial education and on our way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're doing things a little differently. We're working with our own students in our community who are deep within the process of building our own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow who've stood where you are and are on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of our stories are about to share in this show. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. And with that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Molly here. I'm the community manager for Founder Magazine and welcome back to the series From Zero to Founder. Today I'm sitting down with one of our Start and Scale students, Elle Halliwell, who has created Oracle Ear Seeds, which are acupressure ear seeds that help relieve pain, anxiety, and so much more. She's gone from zero to 10K per month. It's really exciting and I can't wait to speak with her. So let's just jump straight into it. Hi Elle, welcome. Why not start by introducing yourself? Okay, my name is Elle Halliwell. I am a journalist, naturopath, and the founder of Oracle Ear Seeds, a little side hustle that I started about a year ago. Amazing. And would you like to tell us a little bit more about what exactly Oracle Seeds are? Yeah, sure. So a lot of people, when I tell them what what I'm selling, they go, what the F for Oracle Ear Seeds or Ear Seeds? And basically, they're acupressure seeds for the ear. Um, anyone who's familiar with acupressure, you know that it, it um, works on, you know, applying pressure to certain points of the body. Um, in my case, it's specifically uh, for the ear. And um, what they do is they use kind of the neural pathways of the body to stimulate, um, you know, nerves in the body and elicit a therapeutic response. So um, they're great for things like headaches, um, for hormonal balance, for back pain. Um, There's so many different uses. And I guess if you think about the ear as a microcosm of the body, I know this sounds strange, but an upside down kind of baby in the womb, it kind of gives you an idea of where the points should be placed. Um, So I started this because I was really, really passionate about health and wellness. I was diagnosed with cancer about five years ago. And um, it was because of this that it really made me look at my life and I decided that I really needed to, um, I guess, take control of my health. And so I started studying um, naturopathy and herbalism and um, it was kind of during this time that I came across ear seeds. And being a journalist, you know, I've worked for um, a very large news company for the best part of the decade at that time. I was feeling very burnt out and I felt like I really needed to find something that not only was I passionate about, but um, that could generate money while I slept and while I rested, which I knew that my body needed. And so it was then that I kind of came up with the idea of maybe kind of combining, I guess, my background in fashion and aesthetics as a, as a fashion writer and also um, my love of health and combine the two and, um, yeah, hopefully other people would also resonate with this product. And I guess for me, it was very much about and still is educating people on what ear seeds do. Um, and yeah, and so that's kind of, I guess, it in a nutshell, that leads me to the point where I thought, maybe I need to validate this idea 
maybe I should buy uh, a start and scale course. And that's what brought me, I guess, here today. It's so incredible. And I love that journey because it's like you mentioned, passion is something that really helps anyone drive. And, and as a new entrepreneur and learning the ropes, it can kind of be a little bit daunting. If you don't have that passion, sometimes it can get a bit chaotic. And going back a little bit, you mentioned how you had your um, journey with cancer and, you know, you found kind of health and wellness as an avenue to kind of help you get through this. When you were going through that, did you yourself try to get, um, you know, acupuncture on your ear, acupressure by other professionals? And that kind of led you to maybe thinking, how can I make it more aesthetic for those that, you know, because they have to be on your ears for a certain amount of time, right? Yes. Uh, So when I was pregnant, um, a girlfriend of mine who's an acupuncturist actually gave me these really um, funny little bracelets for my wrists that were really good for nausea. And it was like a game changer for me. I started wearing them and it was like almost instant, like the, the relief of the nausea. And I, it started to get me really interested in, in acupressure. And um, she, she was actually the one who introduced me to ear seeds. But um, traditionally, ear seeds are really ugly. Like they're little stickers, they're little band-aids that stick on your ear. And um, they're, so they've, they've got the band-aid tape, but then underneath is this thing called like a vicaria seed, which is the seed of um, a plant. And so I started to wear them and I, I'd kind of walk around like covering my ears because I thought, oh my God, it looks like like a little animal's gnawed on my on my ear or something. And I've like band-aided it up, band-aided it up, if that's a word. And so randomly I came across a company in the US which was um, designing these gold ones. And I thought, wow, they're actually really beautiful. And um, being a, a former fashion writer, I was, you know, really interested in um, in trends and I'd actually written a story a couple of years before that about how, you know, multiple piercings was such a big kind of um, trend. And I thought, well, maybe this was kind of, I guess, killing two birds with one stone in a way. You could have these beautiful looking um, jewels on your ear, which also helped, um, you know, elicit a therapeutic response. And so, I started to wear them myself. I got some um, from Japan and my friends and even people on the street would stop me and go, what if, what, what's in your ear? And I'd kind of explain it. And they were so intrigued. And that was kind of when the first kind of seed was planted that I thought, hang on, maybe I'm not the only one who would be interested in this modality. Maybe other people would be too. And so that was kind of when I started to think about Um, introducing kind of um, these premium ear seeds into Australia. Amazing. And I find it so interesting because there would be a lot of education that you would have to do before launching a business like this. How did you go about actually learning um, how to make them a more beautiful to be on the ear, but also still have that purpose? Yeah. So um, as I mentioned, I I started studying to be a naturopath And so kind of health modalities was always something that, you know, since I got really sick that I really wanted to to kind of focus on. Um, And so I was also writing a little bit about wellness at the time for um, various publications. And so once I discovered the ear seeds and started wearing them myself, I thought, hang on, I, I probably need to know a little bit more about the mechanisms behind how these ear seeds work. And so I actually started studying auricular therapy um and I yeah so that was a six-month course and that kind of really gave me I guess the confidence to know 
the reason why these um, like little miracle seeds were working so well. Um, and also, I guess, yeah, it gave me the confidence to be able to um, market the product authentically as well. Incredible. And you just mentioned their marketing and having a background in journalism, fashion, beauty, all of that. Do you feel like that really gave you a step on how to actually engage your audience and, and make it not just a trend, but something that people actually want to use and, and would prefer to use? Yeah, I think the thing with ear seeds is that generally the the beauty and the look of them really kind of capture people's attention. But I think what keeps people coming back is the therapeutic response. And so that's something that I really believe in. And from, you know, having this business for a year now, that's what I've seen. You know, people will buy them to try them out and then I'll get these beautiful messages saying, I can't believe it, nothing else has worked for my migraines and yet, you know, these have helped so much. And so that's really kind of reaffirming for me as well. But just a disclaimer, marketing and me do not go very well together or they never have. I actually got fired from my first marketing job when I was 19 and I kind of decided that that was definitely not um, my forte. So I just kind of put that to the side. And so I was a little bit daunted by the whole concept of having to market a business and run it and, you know, do all of that kind of stuff, you know, have considering that this you know, when I decided to start Oracle was just going to be something that I did on the side. It was the start of COVID. I didn't know what was going on in my life. I was um, hosting a lot of events prior to that. And all of a sudden, all of that revenue dried up. And of course, so many businesses and companies were like, we're not hiring anyone because we don't know what's going on. And so for me, I thought, well, maybe I should just dive in and do it. I mean, I've got all of this time on my hands right now with lockdown, um, you know, no other work at that time. And that's kind of what I guess forced my hand a little bit because I think that so many of us, we, we arm and are. And you know what, when I first started it, it was so not perfect, but done is better than perfect, I realised. And that's kind of been a philosophy that I've just kept continuing. And if I look back at you know, my first Instagram posts and the first um, packaging, you know, you kind of cringe, but I did it, you know what I mean? And it was, you know, through the feedback that I received that helped me to kind of refine the product. So I, I think that's one of my biggest, like the biggest advice I would give to anyone is even if you don't feel ready, just make the steps anyway and you'll fail, but fail fast and just keep going and, you know, keep kind of, I guess, um, being really open to criticism, almost welcome it because it's the only way that you can really kind of, you know, leverage your product and, and yeah, and grow. I absolutely love that advice and I couldn't agree more. And I think one of the, the main themes that I talk to when I speak to students who have done, you know, episodes with us is just keep going because you never know where you're going to land on your feet or you never know when you're going to land on your feet. And it's all about learning and reiterating and kind of improving every day. And you mentioned so many insightful things. And I really want to talk to you more about social proofing a little bit further down in this interview. But you mentioned how uh, you started, marketing wasn't so great. How did you find your feet to then pursue it, find the manufacturer and actually learn how to, to make this a reality? Um, okay. Wow. So many different steps there. Uh, so I started the Instagram account um, and I just kind of kept posting and, you know, waiting to see if there was kind of any interest. And I basically, what I did was I, I, um, 
bought the Start and Scale course and I kind of just grew the business as I was learning through the course. So, you know, one week I'd be learning a little bit more about, um, you know, Instagram marketing. And so I would kind of decide that I was going to focus on that that week. And then the next week I'd be like, okay, so now I've got to figure out how I'm going to get my packaging sorted. And so I'd kind of mine the start and scale Facebook groups going, okay, what do I do? Who do I go to? And um, do you know what? Like a year later, I still feel like I, I don't really know how I got here, if that makes sense. Like there was just a lot of asking people random questions, um, making inquiries to all these different companies. And, and then, you know, somehow you just kind of figure your way through it. Um, and I made so many mistakes at the beginning. I mean, I remember my first packaging um, delivery, I, I ordered it from China and I paid the, like, the shipping cost and I thought that, you know, that was done, all paid, great. And then I start getting these um, emails from this fulfilment company or I don't even know if they're the, the um, people who kind of put your boxes on the container and send it. And it was almost like every other day they'd send me new charges and, you know, more expenses to get these things from China to Sydney by, by sea. And before I was getting everything by air because all my products are so light and it ended up costing me like, I think almost one and a half times more than the, the packaging itself. And so like, that was a massive learning experience for me. And you know, but now I know, right? So it was a it was a failure, but I feel I guess more empowered now because now I'm a lot more cautious when I'm kind of dealing with um, with companies overseas in terms of um, of shipping and things like that. So all of these little things I've just kind of been learning as I go, and I think sorry to keep returning to start and scale, but it really did makes such a difference to to my business. And I don't honestly think that I probably would have gotten to where I am without it. Um, Like there's no affiliation here. I'm just a big fan. Um, But one of the things was when Greta was talking about um, how to validate your brand, that was kind of where the light bulb moment um, came to me because the product that I have is really lightweight. So I knew that it was going to mean very low postage costs. So um, fortunately, when when it came to designing my boxes, I made sure that it was a certain um, size so that it actually fits as a letter rather than a package. And that has like almost halved my postage costs. And so little things like that have made a huge difference. Um, I guess as well, the high perceived value as well. I mean, the seeds are 24 karat gold plated. Um, so they do look very luxe on the ear and it is considered a, a premium product. Um, so it was those two kind of elements that really made me think, okay, I think I've got something here. And I also knew that it was unique. No one else had seen it, which is, I guess, a blessing and a curse too, because it was kind of up to me to validate this, uh, sorry, to kind of educate people on what these are. And that's an ongoing process. Um, but fortunately, through um, kind of media exposure, that's that's changing a little bit, which is really good. Um, and another disclaimer too, being a journalist, um, I, I was lucky. I did have, you know, a few elements that were working in my favour when I started my product because um, 
I had a fairly robust personal Instagram account and quite a few connections with um, celebrities and, you know, influencers in the fashion world just because of my ties, um, you know, with journalism and things like that. So that really did help at the beginning to try to kind of get the, the news out there. I, I gifted a lot of um, my well-known friends in the industry and got them to try them out. And I think that that kind of generated a lot of buzz um, at the beginning as well. And um, also being a journalist, I know what makes a good hook. I know what a good story angle is. So I knew how to, to pitch it to, um, you know, the different kind of health and wellness and fashion magazines as well. So I think that that's something that's really valuable. And if you know, I think it's worth kind of hiring someone or, or getting advice from someone who knows how the industry works. But I guess one thing to know as well is that you don't need good contacts in the industry to get um, a story out in the media. It just needs to be a good story. I mean, it's, yeah, it's tricky and I could go on about it for hours and hours and hours. But um, look, if you've got one product that is the same as everybody else's, just talking about that product in the same way that everyone else is is not going to get it across the line. So dig into your own story. Like if you've got a great story as to how you got there, um, sometimes that can make all the difference and make you stand out. I love all of that advice. And we definitely unpacked a lot there. And I find there's so much insight in what you're saying with all the learnings that you've you've had, especially given your background, like you said, and you're very transparent, which I really do appreciate. And you mentioned there's a few things in there that I'd love to discuss. First of all, you mentioned Instagram and how you personally had quite a developed Instagram account. But when it came to actually creating your products Instagram, you mentioned how it was a bit of a journey. How did you, uh, I guess, kind of imagine how you wanted to portray your brand? Did you think of a tone of voice or an aesthetic or a theme for your Instagram account? Yes. So I kind of started with Pinterest and I created a board full of all of the images that I kind of wanted to evoke. And um, I guess that was kind of a, a mix between kind of contemporary style, but also, I guess, retro spirituality a little bit. And that's um, how I kind of came up with the whole um, the logo and everything like that. And so I, you know, I did everything on a shoestring when I started. I, I taught myself um, InDesign via a, a Udemy course um, in like two days and that's how I, I created the logo for my brand um, and all of the kind of the packaging and things like that. So it was all done, you know, really cheaply. Um, I just bought like a whole bunch of kind of envelopes that fit the product on um, I think like AliExpress and got them shipped over and I bought stickers just to put on the on the top of the packaging because I, I just wasn't sure, you know, I didn't want to buy 10,000 boxes with the logo on it if no one was going to buy these things, you know. So, yeah, I did it all on the cheap and um, so that kind of drove the aesthetic, drove the the Instagram, and I just kind of knew that consistency was even more important than quality, to be honest. So, um, and consistency is not my forte. So that was tough at the beginning. Um, but you know, lockdown, nothing else to do. So I kind of created a bit of a, a schedule, just started to roll that out, and then um, by the time that I kind of got uh, the website sorted um, and I ended up moving from Squarespace to Shopify because of Greta's suggestion and I still actually have a, a Squarespace site for my personal site um, but moving to Shopify was one of the best things I ever did um, 
took me a little while to get used to, but it just has so many different, um, so many more um, applications to work with and things like that. Um, so yeah, big Shopify convert now. Um, and so by the time I had the store up and running, I had a little bit of, um, I guess, social proof in um, in terms of um, getting a little bit of feedback from from my kind of celebrity friends um, who had received and, and had, a, had a go of them. Um, so that kind of, I guess, built up a bit of momentum for, um, for the launch. And I followed all of Greta's tips about, you know, um, launching on a Monday and all of that stuff. I don't really remember exactly how it all rolled out because I think like the anxiety levels were so high with COVID anyway that it's all a little bit of a blur. Um, but, yeah, so I rolled it out and all of the product that I, that I had um, sold out in like a day or two. I couldn't believe it. I remember like sitting on my couch in the lounge room in front of me were all of these packages that were ready to go out. And I was just like, I had like, I had to take a deep breath and kind of pat myself on the back because I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur or, a, you know, that I would ever be a business owner or anything like that. And so, you know, I really took the time to celebrate that little milestone. Hey there, Nathan Chan here, CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine. If you're enjoying From Zero to Founder, and you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more, and how they built these companies you can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. You mentioned you started to get consistency on your Instagram. When did you start to notice there was actual interest in your product before your launch that you knew you were onto a winner? Um, oh, look, I think that was kind of in the six months before I launched when people were kind of stopping me in the street going, you know, what are these? Um, and also I think as well over in the States, I think every, you know, everything starts in the States, right? And I, you know, it was doing a little bit of research and I just saw that there was a lot of, um, a lot of press around kind of gold ear seeds and what are these ear seeds? And, and I thought, okay, well, if, if they're talking about it over there, chances are in two years, it'll be, it'll finally arrive in Australia and with COVID maybe even five years. So that kind of made me think, all right, look, if it's big in LA, being in Bondi, you know, it's kind of like that same vibe, similar aesthetic. So that kind of made me, I guess, think that there, I was onto something. And I think as well, just it, with my journalism experience, I know when there's, you know, a good, a good trend. And, and I think the one thing that made me think I don't want to just kind of jump on this bandwagon and be done with it. The fact that these are really amazing, you know, therapeutic um, seeds, I guess, kind of made me think there's a little bit of longevity there. And I think that this is something that, you know, once more and more people experience them, then they'll all love them as much as I do. Fingers crossed. That was kind of, yeah. 
I think that's incredible because I remember even a few years back, my friend would always go see her acupuncturist and would come to work the next day with band-aids all over her and everyone would be questioning them. But you wouldn't really think twice if you saw like a nice stud in your ear. You might look at it a couple of times, but you wouldn't think like you mentioned before you had an animal bite or, or you're sticking band-aids all over your ears. So I think that's really, really interesting. And as you've mentioned, you know when there's a good angle and a good hook. Do you think that also helped you kind of um, guide your uh, Instagram in the right place or even, as you mentioned, marketing's not your forte, but really help you kind of know your positioning in terms of how to sell it, how to actually put the right copy on your website? Yes. And look, I have to say, I it's it's that whole adage that like if you're an electrician, you, you, the lights in your own house are terrible, right? That's kind of me at the moment because I look, I look at my um my Insta, my website and like I really should be putting more content on there, but it's just it's on the list, right? And I think as well, as a small business owner, you do everything. You're the marketing expert, you're the social media expert, you're the accountant, you know, the, the bookkeeper, the like the packager, everything. And so sometimes little things just have to slide. But I think it's one of those things that you don't have to concentrate on everything all at once. I mean, do what needs to be done. Um, I'm really, really fortunate that, um, so I guess my business kind of went into two stages. So once I got that validation and I started to make enough sales that I was, you know, generating some revenue, I kind of took a step back and thought, okay, so now, now that it's kind of working, you know, enough, how can we level up? And I'm saying it we, but it's just me. So how could I level up? And so I decided to, to hire someone to kind of redo the brand, uh, the logo and things like that, refine it to something that was a little bit more kind of holistic and, um, you know, give it a bit more direction. So I did that. I hired someone. I, you know, I spent the money to, to make sure that it was, you know, exactly what I wanted. And that's when I kind of relaunched with the new packaging and with the new logo. Um, and since then, I've also um, got some help with my social media as well. So if you have a look through like my Instagram, you'll see the evolution from kind of just these clunky, you know, mishmash of photos and all this stuff to something that's a little bit more, more coherent. And I think that that's been um, one of the factors, um, you know, why the Instagram's growing as it is. Um, and also, you know, you can't um, kind of go past a good boosted post as well. That's been good. Yes. No, I completely agree with you. How many Instagram followers does your product page or your account have at the moment? I think we're at like 8,000 maybe. Um, if I, uh, where I, oh, sorry, 8,793. Wow. So nearly so, 9K. Yeah. So it's growing, it's growing healthily and um, yeah, that's exciting. But it's hard. It's a, you know, it's hard to get a follower, and it's even harder to keep them. So, um, you know, well done to anyone who's who just keeps plugging away, right? Exactly. And like you said, you have to grow at some point and hiring those experts and hiring those people that really know what they're doing to help propel your brand is really important. And I'd like to really talk about your launch day and walk me through the emotions you were feeling leading up to, to making your, your business go live, if you would like to elaborate on that day. So look, as I said, like there were so many emotions going on at that time because of COVID. I think I launched in April and that was literally like two or three weeks after 
like the whole of Australia was plunged into lockdown. So I'm trying to figure out like what to do with my son in terms of, you know, him going to kindy. I'm worried, you know, about my my dad who's sick going, oh my God, he's going to get COVID and we're all going to die. So um, I guess Oracle was kind of like my little savior. I could kind of just get into the zone and was a good distraction from it all. And I think that in my mind, I wasn't making too much of a big deal of it. I was like, look, I'm just going to put the website up, um, you know, do what Greta said, um, you know, step by step. Um, I sent like a newsletter out to, to people who would join the new newsletter list. I don't even know how I got anyone on the news, like in, onto the newsletter, maybe through Instagram. I can't remember. Um, and so I had a few people on there, but I think the biggest thing for me was um, getting um, the product out to a few friends who, um, you know, I was like, I need a favour, please. You're not doing anything. You're at home. It's lockdown. Do me a favour. Anyway, and I think as well, because there was so much anxiety at the time, a lot of the people that I gifted it to um, were finding it really good for their anxiety because that's one of the, the great benefits of it. And so um, I think that that's, that's kind of how I, I guess I generated the uh, interest and excitement um, to to the launch and then yeah when it launched I think I was kind of like this could just be a massive flop <laughs> no one's gonna be interested and and then yeah when when I started to to kind of get the um the customers rolling in I it's it's like this weird little I think someone mentioned at the um in like a meme that every time someone buys from a small business, that person does a happy dance. And I felt like I was just happy dancing for the, you know, for the first week um, on a bit of a high. But then you know what? And I think that a lot of people who kind of launch their businesses and generate all of this excitement and then, you know, bang, off they go and they get all these sales, there's always that post-launch flatline. And you just go oh shit, like where'd you all go? Like what, what's going on here? Why are they getting all the, the crazy sales again? But I think it's also good because it gives you that time to stop, reflect and reset and plan. And so, I mean, sales kind of dropped after the, you know, the first one, but also I had no stock. So I was like, be right back. Um, and, and then I was at one point going to do it um, like Greta's watches, do it like every, like, full moon or something which was just after like I gave up on that pretty quickly because that just wasn't going to work for me I'm sure it works for so many others and it did work for Greta's company but um that was just something that I kind of tried failed moved on from um and then kind of just started to slowly you know build it up um a little bit more from there I think it's great that you mentioned kind of like the post-launch lull if you will because that can happen and I think it can deter a lot of people and I'm sure a lot of people listening might think I had a really great launch and now either a I have no stock what am I going to do there's high demand or it didn't sell out and they might feel a bit flattened but keep persisting and it will grow and you're a great example of that how were you so you sold out how many units did you technically sell out or what was the revenue from launch day do you know what so what happened was I was on Squarespace and that's what I did for my launch. And then when I moved over to Shopify, I've lost all of my first, I think, three or four months data. So I can't remember, but I think it was about, I think the first was around about five grand, something like that. 
which was amazing for me. I was like, holy moly, like this is the best. I, like, I was walking around feeling like I was like Jeff Bezos going, Amazon, what? Like here I am selling all of this stuff. Um, and because, you know, look, in like to be realistic though as well, my first um, order that I had ordered these seeds, it wasn't a whole lot, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like I'd ordered 10,000 units and they all sold up, sold out. It was a pretty small amount. It was, as I said, like five, five grand's worth. But, um, yeah, to have all of that kind of happen was, like it was a, yeah, really exciting. Um, but then I think like when I got my next batch, it kind of, I reckon it dropped off to like maybe, I think, and I was still so excited about this. I think it was, I was like averaging for the first few months, like between one and a half to two, two grand a month. And I thought that was amazing. Um, and I think as well, when you, when you launch a business, there's kind of two types. There's the people who, you know, really throw their everything into it and go, it's do or die, right? This is it or nothing whereas for me I guess I also had a bit of a safety net whereas I was still I was freelancing I was I think at the time I was working um at Marie Claire I was kind of freelancing for them and so I, I was doing you know a little bit of um of my my writing on the side so I didn't feel like the weight on of the world was on my shoulders and that if it didn't succeed you know that was the end and I think that for me that gave me comfort um so and you know it still is I still kind of consider it a bit of a side hustle like it's become a bigger side hustle than I I imagine but I'm still writing and I'm still doing you know all of my other stuff um but I do see a future where this will probably become more and you know I'll grow from it hence why I just bought the next course what was the next course called e-commerce masters Yes. Yes. So I just bought e-commerce masters. I haven't started it yet, but I kind of thought, you know, I learned so much um, from the start and scale and I thought now it's time for me to kind of level up. And I looked at kind of, I guess, all of the criteria that they said you kind of should be at a certain point to, to do this next course. And I felt like I was kind of there now and ready to ready to level up. I think it's so interesting, everything that you've just mentioned, because A, averaging 2K a month for a side hustle is absolutely incredible. So definitely a big pat on your back because I keep having to remind myself even that this started as a side hustle. And as you mentioned, there are two types of people, if not, maybe a few more, but it's either do or die or something to kind of keep you motivated through maybe a challenging time or something as a way to kind of explore your passions. And I think that's really interesting how yours has kind of developed into both, how you can still do your your freelancing on the side, but also kind of have this little project as your own. And as you mentioned, hopefully grow into something a lot larger. And I would love to hear more about how you went from averaging 2K a month after that kind of lull to really kind of taking your own stride and really averaging a lot more each month, which I'm sure you'll share with us. Yeah, sure. So I guess the next step for me was to start getting the word out, um, you know, from a little bit wider in net than just the social media. So that's when I started to approach um, all of the kind of health and wellness um websites and magazines and fashion magazines so I put together a little press release just detailing you know all of the kind of um, info that really needed with some with some nice imagery that I took myself 
on my iPhone. So it was definitely <laughs> not a professional shoot or anything. Um, and yeah, started to get that out. And then that was when um, I kind of, yeah, I got a little bit more momentum. Um, and then I approached, I started to reach out to people on like Fiverr trying to get little tweaks to the website, which I really didn't have any idea about, like SEO and things. And to this day, I still don't really understand it and I don't know if it worked or did anything. But I did check the other day and if you type ear seeds into Google, like mine are pretty high up. Not that there's heaps of ear seeds shops around, but, you know, in terms of the world, like there's a few. And um, so I think that that's pretty good, although I do need to add more content um, to the to the blog and to the site because I know that that's important. Um, so I started to do that. I started to kind of um, reach out to all of the publications and eventually people started to kind of um, see it through there. Um, then I'd get people kind of asking if I wanted to be on their podcast as well, which was kind of cool. Um, and then also kind of, I guess, um, introducing my personal um, followers to the brand as well, which was exciting. Um, and then after that, I think that's kind of when I, I started to to repackage and things like that and then started to work on getting some more beautiful shots out there um, and then kind of, yeah, refining the Instagram. And slowly it just started to build up. And then I guess um, when was it? Earlier this year I did the Mind Body Spirit Festival so I had a little stall and I think that, look, it's not going to work for everybody, but um, that was a really good way to get instant feedback from customers as to, you know, uh, you know, what questions do they need to know? Um, what, you know, what are the, the biggest issues that they need help with in terms of, um, you know, what e-seeds can do for them? Um, and so that was really good, not necessarily for sales. The sales did pretty well. Um, but it was more just to get that feedback and also to get some content too. Like we got some really great videos there. I had my mum come along. She was my assistant. Um, and yeah, so that was also another really good thing that helped as well. Oh, and then also the social proof. So all of the like little widgets that, um, in the start and scale course they talk about, I kind of wrote them down and I tried so many of them. Some of them really worked for the for the brand. Some of them didn't. But there was one, and I think it's called Looks L O X, um, where you um, like people will send a photo um, and put a review on. So it's like an automatic email that comes out. I think like ten days or two weeks after they get the product. And so I, I basically um, did that one. You know, asking people if they would review the product after receiving it. Um, you know, good or bad um, for a discount. And um, that's been really good as well. And, you know, the feedback on the whole has been really, really great. So just having that on the site, I think, just makes people a bit more reassured that, you know, the, the product works and does what it says. Definitely. And I was actually going to bring up, because I remember I, I jumped onto either your Instagram or your website and I saw this lady who was at a stall and you're helping her, I think, with neck pain. And as soon as you put those ear seeds on her ear, it was like the world had been lifted off her shoulders and her excitement and her smile. You can just see how authentic it is and how genuine. And I think, as you mentioned, having kind of that um, more social proof can really help. And it's not just a gimmick and it's not just trying to get stickers on ears, which I think is really, really amazing. And it, I can see how it would have helped you a lot. From these stalls, how is your store performing now in terms of revenue or even um, in terms of developing new products? 
Yeah. Um, okay. So we hit five figures. So over 10K, I think about three months ago, which was really exciting. Um, and, you know, and since then it's been kind of consistently up there, which is good. And I think that's a combination of um, just being able to put a little bit more, you know, at first I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of fun. And I was just kind of like, just taking the money that I earned and, you know, just spending it like as my wage. And then I was like, oh, hang on, I should probably start like putting some money back into the business so that it can grow. And so I started investing in like getting a, um, a great company. I think they're called Oh Boy. They did like a full photo shoot, video shoot with a model. So we did it all really well. And that gave us like two months. I can't, I keep saying us, it gave me two months of content um to use on the Instagram account which was really good um and so I'm going to try and kind of do that every couple of months and I've just started to um, recruit some influencers as well to do some content for us um influencer marketing I'm still not really that um I'm not really doing too much in that space yet um, but I, it's something that I will do eventually. Um, but at the moment, yeah, we've got, I think two influencers that are going to do some content, um, yeah, over the next few weeks as well. And I think that that's going to help to grow the business, um, even more, I guess for me, one thing that I'm trying to figure out is whether, how big I want to scale the business, I guess, because, um, I, I kind of like being, you know, a sole trader and just having um not having to i guess employ people and just having that kind of independence um to not have to worry about that and just kind of using freelancers or um contracting people to do to do things that i need to so um at this stage i'm really comfortable with the size of the business and i do eventually want to get a little bit bigger but i also think that i still want to keep it at a size where it's something that i can do um, generally myself and then kind of outsource certain elements. I think that's really great. And it's kind of like sky's the limit for you. And I think that's a really exciting thing is, as you mentioned, it is still a side hustle. And if it gets down the road where you want to pursue it full time, then you will have the option to, which is really great. And to confirm, is that $10,000 a month that you are now generating? Yes. Yeah, it's really good. And, you know, I don't have many overheads because I, all of my stuff is stored. Um, I've got a, a large garage where I store all of my stock. Um, so I don't have any costs associated with that. Um, you know, all my office, I've got an office as well, um, you know, in my home. And not that I could go out to an office anyway at the moment. Um, and, you know, the product is really quite lightweight, so it's easy to ship. I don't have very high shipping costs. Um, I, charge for, I don't charge shipping unless it's kind of for express post. Um, and so, you know, I, yeah, I guess in terms of like a, a profit margin, it's pretty good. And so I'm, you know, just hoping to kind of, yeah, keep it, keep it that way, keep, stay small and limber and just kind of be able to, to move and, but we'll see where this next course goes, because I might just decide that I do want to be the next Jeff, Jeff Bezos, right? <laughs> And I love that you have that opportunity too. And I think it's really great that you started with Start and Scale and now you're working towards e-commerce masters because there is so much information and Greta teaches a module in there all about influencers. And as you mentioned, that's something that you may pursue, but there's also four other modules by so many other great instructors, which I'm excited for you to actually uh, experience. And, you know, working towards wrapping this up, there is a question that I always love asking everyone that I have on this podcast. And you've touched on it briefly throughout this interview, but 
If there was someone listening to this who was maybe in the same position as you, who had a passion about something and was kind of a bit stuck, what would be one key bit of advice that you would like to share or kind of um, hint them about? Oh, I think don't be afraid to give it a go. Um, funnily enough, a few years ago, I had an idea for a product and I was like, my heart was set on it. I thought this is, this is it. Like I want to do this so much and the, the cost of trying to get it off the ground. And this was something I discovered after like three, four months of, you know, solid work. I realized I just couldn't, I couldn't afford to get it off the ground. And that was a little bit heartbreaking, but I think for everyone who does have an idea that they put a lot of love and energy into, but ultimately it doesn't work out. Don't be disheartened because you will find that one thing that just lights you up and that you know, you know, is something that you're, you could do forever and you will absolutely love. And I think that if you don't try, then, you know, you, yeah, if you don't give it a go, you can't succeed, right? And if you never try, then you you, you know you're never going to know how you know how what could have been, I guess. So, give it a go, baby steps, and don't be afraid to reach out and ask people for help. Like I can't believe the amazing support that I've had from the the Facebook community, which has been really really good, um, and something that I, I kind of didn't think that I would utilize as much as I did. So yeah, don't be afraid to ask stupid questions on there. I've asked plenty um, and no one's made me feel stupid either. So don't be afraid, even if you've got no experience as a, you know, a business owner or an entrepreneur, give it a crack. I think that's great advice and I've definitely learned a lot and I want to thank you again, Elle, for sitting down and speaking with me and I hope in the future after you do this next course we can sit down again and chat and catch up on how you're going and any new products or anything else that you've actually discovered from, you know, your journey as an entrepreneur now. So thank you again and, yeah, I look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. If you want access to the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com slash course training or follow the link in the show notes.